when you're listening to the magic, it comes out out of This is going to be absolutely obnoxious, folks. This is going to be just as obnoxious as Emerson, Lake, and Palmer were back in their time. That's right. Um, why, you ask? Well, you'll, you'll find out in just a, just a minute. But um, today is October the 14th, 2021. This is episode number 23 of This Week in Fake Ball, and I am your host, General Manager of the Arizona Greenbacks, Jeff Hoggs. And here's why it is uh, going to be so just horrendously, um, horrendously obnoxious. Uh, we'll we'll kick it off with milestones here. All right, so we'll uh, we'll jump right into it. But uh, the big milestone that I have to report is that the Arizona Greenbacks are now the winningest franchise in RBA history. That's right. Over the last month, actually, it's probably been about six weeks. Um, I usually, I usually try to get these episodes out at the beginning of the month, um, so it's probably been about six weeks since the last one because I've been very, very busy lately with uh, teaching and mostly research, actually. But um, if you did listen to episode 22, I mentioned that Arizona was in a uh, was in a tie, an actual tie, over a over a hell of a lot of games, uh, in career regular season wins with Elm Grove. As it stands right now, uh, or as as of the last C file, so not including this round that's going on currently, um, Arizona has 1,226 career wins, and the Elm Grove franchise has 1,222. So that's why the uh, that's why the obnoxious pomp and circumstance kind of <laughs> music going on here um, to open this episode. I do have other milestones to report. Atlanta slash Champ Tingler just reached their 900th career win. They stand at 908. And the tandem, the duo of Chris Baker and Bob Parker of the Fort Duquesne Corsairs, recently reached 800 career wins, and they stand at exactly 804 right now. And as far as coming attractions are concerned, uh, coming soon to, a, to an episode of Fake Ball, Dunedin slash Josh Tingler is about to hit a major milestone, 1,000 career wins. They stand at 993 at the moment, so probably by the, uh, probably by the next episode they will have reached 1,000. I'll, I'll announce it when they do. So anyway, those are your milestones up until this uh, most recent C-file came out from the commissioner. Okay, uh, let's talk for just a moment about RBA 2021, the current season, and what a race in the Puckett division. This is, uh, this is fun. Susquehanna is 78 and 61. Silver City is 78 and 63. 
for Duquesne is 76 and 65. So those teams are, well, Silver City is one game behind Susquehanna. For Duquesne is two games behind Silver City and three behind Susquehanna. And don't count Middletown out. They are seven games out of first. They have had their struggles. And I guess they did just lose two out of three to Berea. But um, this team still has a chance. The unfortunate part, if you're any of those Puckett Division teams, is that it looks as though there will only be one Puckett Division team making the playoffs. It, that's not a guarantee. But as of right now, Arizona is about five games ahead of the second place team in the pocket, something like that. So, um, yeah, so it, it's certainly likely that three of the four playoff teams will come out of the Larkin division this season. All right. So anyway, uh, we are 100, uh, about 140 games into the season. So coming down the stretch here, we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out over the next month or two. I don't know how long we plans we plan to have this take, but yeah, probably over the next month, month and a half. Okay, so the main purpose of episode 23, this episode of This Week in Fakeball, is to go back a decade to the 2011 RBA season. It doesn't feel like that long ago, but maybe that means I'm old. Anyway, uh, 2011 was an interesting season. We had a few developments in the league. Uh, one franchise uh, switched locations. The Buffalo Wild Wings were out. Buffalo was all was all done at the end of 2010, and they moved to Pittsburgh. So the, this is an interesting franchise. It was Brooklyn for two years, then it was Louisville for two years, then it was Buffalo for six, and uh, the Struzinskis, whom I never met, I don't think, took over in 2011, and they would keep that franchise for four years, 2011 through 2014 before handing it off to Middletown. And Middletown is where that franchise resign, uh, resides to this day. Anyway, so the Struzinskis take over Pittsburgh. And the other introduction um, to the RBA was the Replay Podcast Series. Um, sometime around May, I want to say, of 2011, JR and I decided that it would be fun to replay the previous seasons using APBA Baseball, and we went really quickly, and we didn't pay a we didn't pay a whole lot of attention to like I don't know to, to making each each replay super accurate. We just wanted to do as many as we could as as quickly as we could, and and we released a, we released the first ten or eleven of these things, probably ten of these things in like six months. Um, part of the reason why I'm going back and, and doing replays again is to get a better picture of how good the teams were, at least on APDA baseball. Uh, anyway. So I'm going to begin by giving you the spreadsheet scores at the beginning of the 2011 season. So this is opening day 2011, which back then would have been in late 2010, I suppose. Here we go. In the Larkin division, uh, leading the way with a score of 120, and this is actually the highest score in the league, again, on opening day, the Arizona Greenbacks, 120. Borderline great. The definition of borderline great as I define it. It's arbitrary. Second place, Orlando, 105. Third place, Atlanta, 62. And in last place, the Fort Duquesne Corsairs at a 33. This was not a good season for Fort Duquesne. Over in the pocket, uh, leading the way with a score of 98, the Silver City Vultures. 
this this was a great pucket division. There were so many tight races in the pucket over the years, especially you know back then. And this was another one. So Silver City with a 98. Then you have Dunedin with a 90. Pittsburgh with an 89. And then a bit of a drop, but, but still uh, State College with a 72. That's not really a bad team. 72 to 98 is a pretty tight range, pretty narrow range for like worst to, to first in the Pucket Division. And the Clemente Division was led by Elm Grove at a 105. Get this, SoCal at a 104. Then you have Las Vegas at a 74, and Baltimore at a 35. Baltimore had a historic season, but we'll get to that. So now let's talk about the actual season itself. So 20 games in to the season, we had a pretty tight, uh, we, had, we had pretty tight standings in general. Silver City, notable for their tremendous start, they got off to a 14 and six uh, start. Atlanta. Looks like they underachieved. I mean, 62 is not a good score. They were definitely a below-average team for sure. Uh, but they started off 6-14. and 14. That is pretty rough. At the All-Star break, so 42 games into the season, going into Week 43, Arizona had caught fire. The Greenbacks stood at 27-15. and 15. Baltimore had plummeted into the abyss. The Brood were 13-29. and 29. And Silver City held held the uh, held the best record in the RBA at twenty eight and fourteen. Okay, so we continue to play the season. Obviously, after the All Star break, some teams made some trades. Although there was very little trading, as in two thousand ten, it was a period of the league's history where there didn't seem to be a whole lot of trading going on. There were five, six, at most seven trades made in twenty eleven. I'll give you the spreadsheet scores post-trade deadline. So this is, you know, going into the playoffs and everything. Here we go. Larkin Division. Arizona bumps themselves from a 120 to a 131. We added uh, Roy Oswalt and Nelson Cruz. We got them off Las Vegas, who had decided not to contend after all. Orlando drops a few points to a 101. Atlanta drops a few to a 58. And Fort Duquesne drops a few to a 30. In the Pucket Division, Silver City goes up a few to 101. Dunedin stays at a 90. Pittsburgh stays at an 89. And State College goes from a 72 to an 81. They were contending. I mean, still an average team, but they did make themselves better, and they had a good year. In the Clemente Division, Elm Grove, Chad likes to make big moves one way or the other, and this time he decided to make a move upward from a 105 to a 121. He had 16 points. SoCal with a 104. They didn't do anything, it looks like. And how about Las Vegas? Going all the way from a 74 down to a 29. And Baltimore drops from a 35 to a 10. 10 is a, just a horrendous score. And uh, let's get now to the final standings from the actual 2010, sorry, 2011 RBA season. Here goes. Winning the Larkin. With a record of 51 and 30, the Arizona Greenbacks. Finishing second, not a surprise. Orlando, 45 and 36. This would be Adam Goody Kuntz's last season in the RBA. 45 and 36, not good enough to get the uh, wild card, though. In third place, Fort Duquesne, 34 and 47. And if anything, they overachieved. And poor Atlanta underachieved 
29 and 52. That team was not nearly that bad. Um, probably didn't matter, but still, ooh, that was a that was a rough season for for a not terrible team. The pocket division was led and won um, by Silver City with a record of 52 and 29. They get the number one seed in the playoffs, best record in the league by one game. State College goes 47 and 34, and it was my opinion. I don't know how many people's opinion that this team really did overachieve. They weren't bad, but Again, they were a pretty average team. They did win 47 games, and that was enough to get them the wild card. Dunedin goes 36 and 45, and poor Pittsburgh. Talk about rookie hazing. The Struzinskis, not a bad team at all, but they go 32 and 49. Brutal. I blame the commissioner because we all should all of the time. The Clemente division was won by Elm Grove, also with 51 wins and 30 losses. Same record as Arizona, one game behind Silver City, the winner of the bucket. And then SoCal goes 43 and 38. Las Vegas, 41 and 40. And Baltimore, I told you they had a historic season. Uh, I didn't mean that in a good way. Baltimore went 25 and 56. And now let's talk about some of the accomplishments or negative accomplishments in the case of Baltimore. Um, yeah, that we, that we saw in 2011. So Baltimore, I believe set the record up to that point. I'm pretty sure they set the record for most inept offense, meaning fewest runs per game runs scored. Uh, Baltimore scored 247 runs in an 81 game season. So just barely more than three runs per game of offense. I Like I said, I am pretty sure, I didn't look it up, and I'm pretty sure that was a record. Now, that record didn't last long. In fact, it was broken again, smashed even, in uh, the 2012 season. But you'll have to hang on to your seats or something uh, for that because that will be in the next, well, that'll be in the, I don't know, maybe December podcast or something when I do the 2012 season. Uh, but anyway... Uh, Baltimore's offense was truly wretched in 2011, hence the 25 wins um, all season long. Okay, um, Elm Grove. Elm Grove had the individual players. Elm Grove had the, the players who just destroyed the league. Arizona Arizona had a, had a, had a I would say, a, a more well-rounded team, but Elm Grove's best players were the best players in the entire RBA that season. Joe Maurer hit 400. I don't know how many people remember this. Chad, I'm sure, does. But Joe Maurer batted 403 as a catcher, right? He was still a catcher. I mean, he was a catcher almost his entire career. But he hits 403 as a catcher and does not win the MVP. I'm pretty sure I voted for him. I don't remember. He did not win MVP because another Cardinal, Jose Bautista, hit 32 home runs and did. Jose Bautista wins MVP. Elm Grove had obtained him in a trade from uh, in a trade with um, Vegas, I believe, maybe a year earlier, as a throw-in. Jose Bautista was a throw-in. Nobody knew that he would become, you know, Barry Bonds for a couple years, and he hits 32 home runs for the Cardinals. Also, Felix Hernandez has what must have been his career year. He was by far the best pitcher in the league. He wins the Pedro Martinez Award, which is what we call the award for best pitcher. He puts up an ERA of 1.79. Again, this is an 81-game season, so get this. 15 wins. 15 wins in an 81-game season, by far the most in the league. Five shutouts. 
five shutouts. No other pitcher had more than two. Uh, Hernandez won the Pedro Martinez Award, like I said, and it, it might have been unanimous. I mean, it was something else. Uh, Chad won uh, Coach of the Year also, Manager of the Year. Uh, so we go to the playoffs, and Elm Grove looks like a serious threat, as does Arizona, as does Silver City. And Silver City takes out Elm Grove. They don't just beat Elm Grove. They beat them four games to one, and they earn the moniker Cardinal Killers by doing this. Um, they had beaten elm grove in the championship back in 2004 and so i mean i am not sure but this might have 2011 might have just been like the second uh playoff series that chad had lost i might be wrong about this but anyway they lost uh they lost twice to silver city up to that point and so silver city became as i said the cardinal killers of the rda arizona dispenses with um state college in a sweep might have been the first sweep in RDA history. I think it was. Um, It was pretty lopsided. And then Arizona plays Silver City, and Arizona beats the Vultures 4-1. to I think the Vultures' only win was actually in game one. Not sure about that part. But anyway, Silver City wins 4-1. to And the Green... um, Sorry, Arizona wins 4-1. to The Greenbacks win their second RDA title. And after having won in 2008... So, anyway, uh, when I ran the original set of replays, let me pull those up for just a second. I'm, uh, well, you know what? I'll just say that when I ran the original set of replays, Arizona won them. Now, again, I ran these replays back in 2011, or this one might have been 2012 or something. Uh, but anyway, I'm pulling it up right now. Arizona averaged 49.2 wins. This was out of 81 games, obviously. 40. Uh, let me pull it up here. 49.2 for Arizona, 49.0 for Elm Grove. And the worst team in the league was actually not Baltimore, but rather Las Vegas at 31.1. So I decided to run these replays again for a, you know, a little bit more accuracy. I tried to optimize the, uh, the teams for APDA baseball and, and all of that. And so let me just go ahead and pull up the results here. So, so this set of replays, which I ran last night, and this morning came out as follows. We're going to go division by division, top to bottom. So starting in the Larkin, Arizona averages 97.0 wins per uh, replay, over 20 replays. 97.0 wins, a winning percentage of 599. 19 playoff appearances out of 20 tries. Orlando averages 94. An impressive job by them. 17 playoff appearances out of 20 attempts. And uh, they were the, uh, yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> the, the, the Larkin division was by far the better, of the, the best of the three divisions in these replays. Uh, Atlanta, 78.1. Again, this is a different program, of course, but this reinforces my notion that the team really did underachieve during the actual season. 78.1 and one playoff appearance. And then you have Fort Duquesne with a lowly 62.7 wins on average, just about 100 losses, no playoff appearances. You go to the Puckett Division. The winner, not surprisingly, although again, it seemed fairly tight, was Silver City. 93.3 average wins and 18 playoff appearances out of 20. Pittsburgh actually finishes in second with 80.7 wins, so an average team, but only one playoff appearance. Again, an average team, Dunedin also finishes 
at 80.7. They actually made the playoffs twice. And State College, 79.2. They make the playoffs zero times. And this is notable, I think, because State College, remember, made the playoffs in the actual RBA season. Uh, they won 47 games out of 81. So anyway, they don't make the playoffs at all in this run of 20 replays. Over to the Clemente division. All right, now so far, the best team in the league, the current, the current winner or leader of the 2011 replays uh, is Arizona. The winner of the Clemente division was Elm Grove. Could Elm Grove do better than Arizona's average of 97.0 wins across those 20 replays and, and participate and thus participate in the next champion match. Elm Grove wins the Clemente division with an average of 100.2 wins, uh, 19 playoff appearances out of 20. So they did have one miss, but they do win the 2011 replays and will play in the next champions match, which I'll bring to you in two, probably three weeks, something like that. Elm Grove also had the best single replay uh, with a record of 114 and 48. So that's uh, pretty dominant. SoCal surprises no one by finishing second. And they average 78.5 replay wins, but three playoff appearances actually out of, out of the 20 tries. Las Vegas. Okay, so I should mention that the worst team thus far is Fort Duquesne at 62.7 average wins. Las Vegas finishes with 64, so not as bad as Fort Duquesne, although they did have the single worst replay, 50 and 112 <laughs> for Las Vegas. But they avoid the ass match coming up. Uh, Baltimore finishes in last in the Clemente division. Not a big surprise, I suppose. Did they do worse than 62.7? Baltimore finishes with 63.2. They do not finish with the worst record. In the replays for 2011, Fort Duquesne does. And so Fort Duquesne will be in the next ass match, which I will probably hold in the next couple of weeks or so. All right, so Elm Grove wins, Fort Duquesne loses, and the other honorable, I guess, honorable mentions on the good side go to Arizona, Orlando, and Silver City, all, all besting 90, all between 93 and 97 wins per uh, replay. Okay, so the RBA finishes in 2011. We go into 2012, and there's not a whole lot to talk about. Two main changes. Number one, the RBA uh, reorganizes itself into two divisions. Two divisions of six, mind you, so we still have 12 teams. But the three-division era was over. Three-division era, which had stretched from 2007 through 2011, so for five years, had come to an end by the beginning of 2012. Um, with the reorganization uh, came uh, a Larkin division that included Las Vegas and Elm Grove, along with Arizona. So three of the oldest, oldest teams in the league, and, and the Baltimore franchise, of course. So some fun natural rivalries. Also, the Tingler brothers both were put into the Larkin division. So some fun stuff there. Um, the other thing I should mention is that Adam Goody Koontz retired from the RBA at the end of 2011 and was replaced for one season by his hideous brother, uh, Dave Goody Koontz. That is, a, uh, that is a story for another day. Like I said, I'll probably do the 2012 podcast um, in December, uh, January at the latest. So I'll talk to you all about that then. Uh, for now, I think I'm done. 
with this episode of This Week in Fakeball. I hope you enjoyed it. It's fun to go back to 2011, a good decade ago, and talk about what was the RDA at that point in time. So until the next time I see you, have a good one and roll on or continue on that RDA 2021 season. Mm-hmm.